Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. Ooh, should I be out here doing this? Do you have any concerns about getting in trouble for doing this? I've definitely thought about it. It's actually kind of more fun and easier to just solve the problem yourself sometimes. <laughs> right, right. What is it that makes for a good hole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a really good pothole is a couple inches deep and big enough to have something that's visible. So probably between like two feet, four feet type of, you know, my inner teacher is coming out. I'm like, it's STEM too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Traversing St. Louis streets in anything wheeled or even on foot can be a hazardous proposition. And I don't mean the traffic. I'm talking about those dang potholes, the kind that can turn a ride into an unwelcome massage or worse, some really jacked up tires or alignment. Instead of complaining about the pace of city services, one local artist decided to take her creative skills to the streets, laying mosaics in cement to fill those potholes in. Not only does that make driving and biking safer, it also makes St. Louis roads look a whole lot cooler too. And her efforts are now being supported by a Luminary Futures Fund grant. Here to talk with us about her guerrilla street art and where it's going, we welcome the artist herself, Lou Ray Waldemar. Lou, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So who is Lou and what does she do in general? You don't have to talk in third person here. what is it that you do with your art? Yeah, I, I like to think of myself as an artist who solves problems with art. So art has always been like a form of therapy and just a way for me to process and express myself. So it just kind of naturally will then solve problems and fit whatever needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And teaching is part of your background, right? Yeah, I'm a former elementary art teacher, and that's really how I got interested in ceramics. I was... Um, employed with University City School District, and I loved being there. We made ceramics, we had a kiln, and sometimes things broke. And that's really devastating feeling, especially to a child. And so sometimes when things would break, I'd be like, well, what can we do to fix it? How can we still use it? So it's kind of a combination of upcycling materials and also solving problems while making things look cool, like Mm -hmm. you said. Yeah. So then that connection of broken things and using broken things to make other things better is Mm -hmm. very much in line with what we're talking about today. And that is the Mosaic Pothole Project. So Lou, tell me how it got started. So I... I feel like you could trace the origins from so many places, both teaching and making some mosaics. That was kind of my first experience making mosaics. But then when I really thought back, I've kind of been making mosaics forever. My dad makes these things called cement heads where he uses a milk jug and fills it with concrete. And we would take like trash and different things and stick it in there. And that was always really fun and inspiring. And then I started learning more fine art ceramics, mugs, things like that. And I was like, wait, why can't we do more with this or combine kind of trash and fine art? Mm -hmm. So the potholes was just kind of the natural next step. And I ride my bike a lot and I drive and like everyone in St. Louis, I've had several flat tires and it's so easy to be frustrated 
but it's actually kind of more fun and easier to just solve the problem yourself sometimes. <laughs> right, right. And I believe you started filling potholes in in your own neighborhood, right? Yeah. So I would go over to my friend's house in my neighborhood in Dogtown. And there was this back alley that there was like the most perfect hill to ride my bike down and just turn in. And I would have to brake really fast because it was just scattered with potholes. So those became my first kind of practice projects. Mm-hmm. And did you start with small ones first and then go to bigger ones? Yes, definitely. Okay. There was a lot of kind of trial and error, too, of do we use concrete or cement or mortar? And so I had to really do a lot of research on materials because there's a lot more that goes into it than just dumping some material in a hole. Yeah. So to that point, let's talk about the process. Um, There is a community engagement component to what you're doing. How and why? Well, I think that's, I think a really driving part of my art is connecting with people. It's more so about making our environment more joyful. And so I want input from other people. And being an art teacher, I've always kind of seen art as a way to connect with people and work with people and empower people because a lot of times art is a really privileged thing. I did not get to go to art school and it's great for people who do, but there's like all this therapeutic aspects of art. And so I really just wanna make that accessible for anyone. So. I'm, I'm really excited about the mosaics and continuing to teach people and show people we can take ownership over our streets and do something fun mm-hmm. that feels good while we're at it. Yeah. There's really no downsides. So for those who are thinking about how do you do this, um, it's a four-week process from what I understand. Give us a quick run-through of what the steps are. Yeah, so phase one is research. So finding a pothole, um, looking at the intersection and kind of studying what the area is like. Is it even going to be safe for me to go out there? That's really important. Um, And then the next thing is measuring it. If it is a good location and a safe enough area, even if I have to get up at like six in the morning or earlier, Mm -hmm. making it work. Um, So measuring it and also getting to know what's going on in the neighborhood. So that could look like talking to people who live there and just getting some context for a design that might be fun and Mm -hmm. that would actually be relevant. Yeah. So stage two is more of that kind of design process and figuring out what would look nice and what would be relevant and actually rolling out slabs of clay and cutting the tiles. And that part's really fun. So then stage three is after it's been fired once, we call it bisque, and then it's ready to receive glaze, which is that shiny, colorful glass material that makes it actually durable to Mm -hmm. be in a pothole. So once it's got color, the last stage is installation. So going out and we install the pothole Mm -hmm. and cover it with a tarp and cross our fingers and hope (laughs) no one drives over it. So, I mean, what about the safety issue? I mean, St. Louis drivers have a reputation for... um, for driving mm-hmm. um, interestingly. Yes, that's, you know, a, that's well put. <laughs> so when you do go out to fill the holes, you know, how is it that you make sure that people can see you? Yeah, so I, I call it like my disguise. So I put on a safety vest and a hard hat and my cones, and I try to look as official as possible. Um, also, just to stay under the radar. I don't, I don't really like when people are talking to me or distracting me during that time. I want to get mm-hmm. in and get yeah. out and be unnoticed. I would rather the mosaic speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And what streets are you putting your art 
in. I mean, you're not in the middle of Jefferson doing this, right? <laughs> not yet. Unless there was a really good time of day. Like, so that's part of it is I actually just started having a Google form so that people can submit potholes to me. And it'll ask what the location is, if there's a non-busy time, if there's a certain story you'd like to tell. And even if you have measurements, that will just help speed up the process and mm-hmm. get more kind of voices involved. Um, but it's just... It's an ongoing project. There's going to be a lot of trials and errors along the way. What is it that makes for a good hole? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So a really good pothole is a couple inches deep and big enough to have something that's visible. So probably between like two feet, four feet type of uh, radius. But I can really fill any (laughs) shape and the materials below doesn't really matter since there's aggregate in the concrete. So that'll keep it really snug in there. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine that these are cheap materials or am I, I don't know, am I wrong? Conflating sort of how long it takes the city to take care of this, how much it costs. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a lot of different materials that people use paving streets. And I found that out in my research. I thought it would just be concrete, but then there's asphalt, there's the wear and tear of the weather. And so I get concrete from Home Depot, but that is not too expensive. It's more heavy than anything, just carrying it, lugging it to my car and then going out to the site. Um, And then the ceramics, that's where I kind of combine like the, the cheap, inexpensive trash type seen products with fine art. So handmade tiles that would typically cost a a higher price tag. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any concerns about getting in trouble for doing this? I've definitely thought about it. And I think I've prepared myself for it. But (laughs) I'm just kind of hoping that police officers would understand I'm trying to be helpful. And (laughs) I hope neighbors appreciate it. But I think that's part of this process is having these conversations Mm -hmm. and being unafraid to admit when things are not going well so that we can try to make them better. Yeah. We're speaking today with Lou Ray Waldemer, who's an interdisciplinary artist. And one of the projects that she's working on and expanding upon is the Mosaic Pothole Project. Now, when it comes to... The, that community conversation and what you're learning about people. Is there an example of uh, of a design that you've come up with that is based on the, the feedback and the insights that you've gotten from people who live or do business in a particular area? Yeah, so actually my, my first one that's been paid for by the grant, um, I worked with Maya here at NPR, and she told me about a pothole that you guys had right out front. Yes. And I was so excited. I was like, okay, tell me about it. What? Like, <laughs> she even sent me a picture with the measurements, which was awesome. So there was actually trolley tracks right underneath the pothole. And I thought that was really interesting and cool because mosaics have always been used to kind of tell stories and keep history. So mm-hmm. continuing that in a contemporary way is really exciting. So I made a trolley and okay. it says NPR. And, that's and wh- where did you get the, the pieces? Like what is... Uh, What are the mosaic tiles made of? So those are handmade by myself and some collaborators. And it's stoneware clay with glaze. So the same type of thing you would use uh, with a mug or a plate. Mm -hmm. And I understand that the, the approach that you used for this 
pothole is a little bit different from ones that you've applied elsewhere. Oh, yeah. So most mosaics are inside, maybe in a shower or a kitchen backsplash. And so you have to go about it very differently when it's outside. And even being outside, not just for a tabletop or a birdbath, but in a street, I mm -hmm. want it to hold up as best as possible. Yeah. So, yeah. So you'd referred earlier to the Luminary Futures Fund. Um, what was it that led you to that particular opportunity? Yeah, so that felt just divine. I was so excited to receive that grant. Um, I had been going to the Luminary for their emerging artist programs, which are to support people like myself who don't have an arts background. And from there, I just got to connect with other artists who are maybe more experienced or just different because being an artist, you're not working for a company, you're kind of working for yourself and, and you don't really know where to go. And so I was led to the Luminary and they told me about it and they really helped support me through the application process. Um, and then I also actually got a grant through the Regional Arts Commission to continue this work with community in mm -hmm. community workshop format. Yeah. So do you have a goal for how many potholes you're hoping to fill? And like, I know with grants that sometimes they're like they're deliverables. Mm -hmm. Is there a certain number of holes that you need to fill? And yes. Okay, tell me about so that. So for each one, ideally, I'll teach 10 workshops throughout the course of a year and fill 10 potholes. And I'm aiming for different locations each time. Mm -hmm. However, after filling one already, I feel a lot of excitement, momentum. So I know it's going to surpass that goal. What makes it exciting? <laughs> Part of it's a little bit the risk factor of like, ooh, should I be out here doing this? But also then it's very innocent and, and fun. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, again, what drives my art and just why I'm an art educator is joy yeah. and a moment of just play. Are there certain groups of people that you would like to bring into what you're doing um, you know, for, for whatever reason? Definitely. Yeah, I mostly am focusing on those of us who use the streets every day. So I, I've been biking more and more often and my partner takes the bus. And so being a pedestrian can be really rough here. And a lot of drivers don't pay attention. So I'm really just encouraging people to pay more attention to our environment. And then with the classes, I would love to get people who don't necessarily have an arts background mm -hmm. to learn how to do this. Yeah. And so that they can say, when I go to the bus every day for work, I, I see something that makes me smile that yeah. I was a part of. Have you seen this kind of thing being done somewhere else? Or was it a, a wholly, you know, original sort of idea that popped up in your mind, maybe as you were riding over some particularly bad potholes. <laughs> so it definitely was looking at the potholes, um, but there's also an artist in Chicago, Jim Bach, who's been doing this for years. And my dad had sent me a CBS Sunday morning clip of him years ago. And I was like, oh, that's really cool, forgot about it. And then as I started just existing more as a biker and also a car driver, I was like, we need that here. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's possible. And it was just kind of one of those things of like, I'm going to say I can do it and I'll rise to the expectations, even though it's something I've never done, but I'll learn along the way. Yeah. Now, if, this is a big if, potholes start getting filled faster in the city, 
uh, will that stand in the way of what you are you're trying to do? In a way, yes, actually. When I was planning and doing a lot of these just on my own, there was my neighborhood had this huge pothole that somebody actually, I was walking and they hit and blew out their tire. And I really wanted to fill that pothole <laughs> because it, it was like a personal vendetta against this pothole. Right. So out of spite, I wanted to fill it. But they beat me to it, which yeah. honestly, that's a good thing, though. Mm-hmm. So even if it ends up just bringing more attention and the city starts filling potholes, that's still a great outcome. Yeah. So you have this funding now um, and support from the Luminary as well as from the Regional Arts Commission, or RAC. Um, and you, from what I understand also, you've, you've left teaching in order maybe just to pursue art. Mm-hmm. Um Does this feel like a good time to be doing that? Yeah, it really does. I I definitely took a risk, and it was a little heartbreaking. I was definitely crying the last day of school, but honestly, my students were the ones who encouraged me to go out and be a professional artist. And we learned a lot about artists as real people, not these fantasy people or people from the past. And what better way to be a role model than just to do it? Yeah, I think in the future, my dream would be to do things like this, even maybe with my old students or with other students. Mm -hmm. So I'm just excited to see how it grows. Yeah. Are there certain areas of the city that you are looking forward to exploring in order to do this pothole art? Definitely. I think... Being a St. Louisan, we all kind of grow up in whatever neighborhood we grow up in, and it takes time to start connecting with other people to realize all of these different problems that are going on. And so what better way to do that than through therapeutic art workshops? Yeah. And are there any qualities that you think um, that you have that suit you really well to be doing this? I Yeah, so I have this kind of philosophy called wabi-sabi. It's like this Japanese philosophy of imperfections are what make something beautiful. And that's how I kind of live my life. Like, I don't need anyone to show up perfectly. Just as you are, we'll, we'll make it work. Or let's identify what's not working and, and change it with kind of a lighthearted spirit. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited about it because I don't think art should be taken so seriously. Yeah. So the ceramic tiles that you were talking about as you're, as you're talking about this philosophy and things that are imperfect and using them. We've had, um, I think, friends of yours on the show who are building a tiny house, and they've had people um, bring them broken things to embed. Is that something that you might do with what you're doing with potholes, or do they need to be tiles that are created kind of more from scratch in order not to scratch, like literally and figuratively, um, vehicles and things that are that are traversing the top? Yeah, so we can definitely use other materials. And that was actually something I thought of recently with plastic and trash. I've made art in the past where I just collected trash around different neighborhoods and used that as my material. So things like bottle caps. Um, and it, it also just continues the legacy of mosaics in St. Louis. Thinking about Venice Cafe and the City Museum, you can use so many different materials. Mm-hmm. And the research and finding out about if it will withstand the cars is pretty fun too. And that almost brings, you know, my inner teachers coming out. I'm like, it's STEM too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
So do you have any hopes that this sort of approach would be implemented at schools? That would be really cool. I mean, I think ultimately as an art educator, it needs to be relevant. As an educator in general, education needs to be relevant and kids need to be interested in it. And if they're having fun along the way while they're learning and sparking curiosity, that is like any teacher's dream come true. Yeah. And you talked about your dad earlier and he sent you that CBS video clip Mm -hmm. of someone who's doing this sort of thing in Chicago. So clearly he's not worried about your getting in trouble. Can you envision, you know, doing a a pothole with your family? Like, what do they think of what you're doing now? That would be really cool. I haven't thrown out the idea, but I know they're listening right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, my dad has always been like a, a crafter and has always use different trash and things. And and growing up, I was so embarrassed about it. Like, I still remember in middle school him, oh, it was trash day, and he's taking me to school, and like, oh, there's something cool. And I was just like, (laughs) oh, nobody, please nobody see me. But now I realize, you know, after meeting people like Tiggs and Ricky, who are building a tiny house out of upcycled materials, and there are so many amazing, like, fiber artists here who upcycle clothing and I just think that's the way of the future. We have to use more of what we have to make things better. Luri Waldemar is a multidisciplinary artist here in St. Louis. Lou, thanks for joining our show today. Thank you so much for having me. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.